0: Good morning, church. Uh, siblings, I want you this morning to imagine Jericho, but to realize that it might be more like our modern-day society than we might like to think. Imagine it full of people, but deeply defined by power dynamics, oppressive structures, and even technologies of the empire designed to exploit and plunder the poor. As we delve into Luke 19, 1 through 10, let's explore an encounter with Jesus that leads to solidarity, reparations, and ultimately, liberation. So uh, this morning, my sermon is entitled, Come Down From Your Tree. I want you to meet someone I like to refer to as Brother Zach. Brother Zach is a descendant of Abraham and therefore has beautiful and often tragic family stories tied to the covenant community of Israel. Brother Zach's community continually faced the harsh reality of Roman occupation. The the community experienced the daily humiliations, degradations, and assaults on their dignity from experiencing life as an occupied people living in apartheid conditions. Word on the street is that when referring to the empire, one of their social and cultural prophets of the day were known for saying, we didn't land on the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire landed on us. You see, under Roman rule, poverty gripped the masses due to exploitative taxes. They were taxed so much that what was left from the earnings was not enough to live off of. The masses were impoverished and malnourished under the Jim Crow system of the Roman Empire. The structural design of the taxation process was organized in such a way that it continually plundered and extracted the majority of the resources from those at the bottom and redirected the wealth up the social ladder and to the wealthy and ruling class. But as Advanced as the technology and theft and exploitation was by the Roman Empire, the money still had to be collected in person. Someone had to physically collect the imperial plunder of the occupied people. This is where tax collectors come in. These local tax collectors had the freedom and the imperial backing to shake folks down for more than what was due. That is how they got rich. And they did just that. So imagine Brother Zach though first as a child. Imagine that he grew up feeling conflicted about all that was happening around him. He would have been raised witnessing the occupation and exploitation, hating his situation. I believe Brother Zach despised poverty he hated not always having food on the table or the basic necessities for life. He hated the humiliation of living as a second-class citizen and internalizing the oppression he faced every day. But he also, I believe, paid attention to the affluence of the tax collectors. The tax collectors knew individual prosperity. They knew comforts. They knew they had wealth. When Brother Zach saw the tax collectors come through, they had, I bet, the nicest camels, the freshest sandals, and they wore the dopest threads imported from Egypt. (laughs) Brother Zach hated his life, and he wanted theirs. So at a certain point, he decided he would follow their path, also pursue wealth, and climbing the social ladder by becoming himself a tax collector. Brother Zach pursued individual prosperity, even though it was at the expense of his neighbors. His enrichment was now going to be directly tied to the suffering of his community. Brother Zach was now in the business of plunder. Brother Zach was good at his work. He followed the rules of the social order. He went with the grain of the empire instead of against it. He respected and showed deference to the overseers, and so Brother Zach ascended, yes, up and up and up the ranks he went. He got so high that eventually he became the chief tax collector, and as we're told, he was very rich. Brother Zach, a son of Abraham, now symbolized in his own life the choice of personal prosperity from ill means over communal liberation and flourishing which is certainly something we often face in our own society today. How many of us make choices every day that prioritizes personal prosperity over the common good? How many of us choose our own comfort over the thriving of neighbors and siblings close and far that have been plundered and exploited? How many of us obsess over getting the best for our family the supposedly best neighborhoods, the purported best school districts, the self-professed best commodities and things, even while others do not have all that they need, even while some have suffered from the American dream that you have inherited, even while the institutions and resources that you take for granted are not available for the most vulnerable and neglected in our own society. Brother Zach is not that different from the kinds of choices we make every day in small and large ways. He symbolizes the tension between choosing individual prosperity over communal liberation. As you can imagine, Brother Zach is not a popular person around the block, around the way, in the neighborhood. His sins are visibly known in the public square. He is a traitor to the covenant community. His allegiance is to Rome, not God. And he has ill-gotten wealth, uh, certainly by breaking the Eighth commandment and plundering poor people as part of his life. Brother Zach may be a child of Abraham, but that in itself doesn't mean he is living into his calling, into his vocation to be a blessing to others, to let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Brother Zach has clearly lost his way, and he is hated and rejected by his people. Uh, Moving up the social ladder left him without genuine community. So one day, Jesus happens to be coming to town. There had been rumors of this man. Some say he might be the reincarnation of Moses or Elijah. Others, that he is just a great modern prophet. But others insist as they watch him feed the hungry and heal the sick and proclaim liberation to the oppressed that he just might be the Messiah. God's anointed who will liberate the people from their oppression and suffering and end the spiritual exile so that God's reign and God's shalom might be fully manifested and realized. He might be the one to kick the Romans out. And while Brother Zach has been lost, he knew from listening to the Amago day from within him that this was no ordinary man. He needed to get a glimpse of this Jesus of Nazareth. In his desire to see Jesus, he needed to figure out how to do so without pressing into the crowd who despised him for his evil deeds and the shakedowns and plunder he engaged in every day. He was alienated by his choices, but Brother Zach had an idea. He could climb up the nearby sycamore tree to distance himself from the community and still get a chance to see Jesus pass by. Now, don't miss it. This act of climbing the tree was not only because he was short. Yes, he was short, but he, he also would not be welcomed in the crowd, in the community. His entire way of life was unclean, and his evil practices were done at the expense of his neighbors. And so when Brother Zach climbed that tree, it represented so much. It represents his upward pursuit toward selfishness, greed, and individual prosperity. It represented his joining the ruling class and participating in the social dominance of neighbors, choices that fracture our relationship with God and others. His climbing that tree represented the distancing of his life from the community, from the people, especially the poor masses who were most directly impacted by, again, his ill-gotten wealth. Brother Zach climbed a tree going up the economic ladder, up the social hierarchies, and moved up the chain of social dominance. Brother Zach, in many ways, was on this metaphorical tree way before Jesus ever arrived. He acted and believed that his life, his comfort, his advantaging was more central, more important, and more superior to the lives and well-being of his neighbors. And now, Brother Zach, cold, uh, Literally was able to literally look down on everyone else as he waited for Jesus to pass by. Then the strangest and most unexpected thing happened when Jesus came by. Right as he came by the tree, Jesus stopped and looked right at Brother Zacchaeus. Well, he didn't just look at him, he saw him. He saw him for who he was and for who he could be. He saw his full humanity and the ways that he was captive to evil, empire, and death dealing work of plunder. And he saw that another way was possible for Brother Zach. And so, with a prophetic invitation, Jesus invited Brother Zacchaeus to come down from his tree. And this prophetic invitation from Jesus still rings clear today come down from your tree. This, is, this call is not just for Brother Zach, but for anyone perched on the tree of supremacy, be it white, classist, elitist, or patriarchal. It beckons us to embody solid- solidarity with God's people and stand with the least, last, and little ones. Coming down means recognizing Jesus' preeminence and aligning our lives with Micah 6.8, and it is an invitation to join Jesus' transformative work. Right where Jesus says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor and release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let the refrain come down from your tree, echo through this sacred space, calling us all to the vocation of justice and joining God's liberation. As Brother Zach climbed that sycamore tree, alienated by his choices, Jesus' voice cut through the murmurs of the crowd, come down from your tree. This is the leveling of God's delivering presence. It is the same leveling proclaimed by Mary when she said, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. John the Baptist would pick up on this leveling from Isaiah as he proclaimed himself, Every valley shall be filled and every mountain made low, and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh, right, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And so in the halls of power, whether on the branches of white supremacy, where the legacy of injustices hangs heavy, or the heights of classism, dividing communities into haves and have nots, the refrain resonates, come down from your tree. (laughs) Among the powers that be, where systemic advantages often blind many of our siblings to the struggles of others, and on the limbs of patriarchy and sexism, the call is urgent, come down from your tree. For those who have benefited from inheriting wealth Plundered from black and indigenous people Because you were categorized as white The refrain speaks truth Come down from your tree in the present, where oppressive systems advantage some and harm others, where disparities in quality and affordable housing, fully funded public education, where health care is not universal, where obstacles to good jobs with livable wages and necessary resources for the thriving of neighborhoods persists, the prophetic invitation remains, come down from your tree. Where current anti-black police occupy neighborhoods are traumatized, where unjust judicial and prison systems target those with their backs against the wall, where justice is selective, the vocation is clear, come down from your tree. Embodying solidarity and standing with the vulnerable is the unmistakable invitation in response to every injustice. Come down from your tree. We are reminded by Paul that in God we live and move and have our being, So as we align ourselves with the very cosmos, recognizing Jesus' preeminence in all things and hearing the genuine divine call of Micah 6, 8, etched into each and every one of us, the refrain becomes the groove of the universe and the melody of our souls to come down from our trees. Let Jesus' refrain weave through our collective consciousnesses, a reminder of our shared responsibility, right? Come down from your tree draws us against making idols out of ourselves and grounds us to God's creation so that liberation manifests through our lives and communities. It is a subversive and divine invitation that can no longer be ignored. Come down from all hierarchies. Come down from all social dominance. Come down from white supremacy, paternalism, patriarchy, classism, or elitism. In response to Jesus's invitation to Brother Zach, the crowd grumbles at Jesus's association with him, questioning his identification with a tax collector. They grasp God's heart for the marginalized, but they misunderstand the limitless transformative power of God's liberation and love. God desires to change oppressors into instruments of justice and mercy a truth often misunderstood or ignored. For God, you are not permanently stuck playing the same social role you always have. For God, all things are possible. This is where many have been misdirected and poorly formed in mainstream church uh, ecclesial practices as people have sung on Sunday mornings in Sunday school the Zacchaeus song, right? Y'all know the song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, right? A wee little man was he. The song has similarities with the biblical account, but it falls short right at the crucial point by missing the actual climax of the story. It leaves out how Brother Zach responds to Jesus with a radical commitment and declaration. After having a literal come to Jesus moment, his response is to embrace the economic jubilee ethics that Luke helps us see was so central to the life and ministry of Jesus. Brother Zach commits to do two things to the redistribution of his wealth, and to paying reparations. He announces he will give half of his wealth to the poor. So regardless of how they became poor, he understands that the earth is the Lord's and everything therein. So it would be wrong to hoard all that wealth when others are suffering in poverty. So half his wealth is redistributed. But that isn't it. Brother Zach knows that much of his wealth is built on the plunder, and exploitation of others. As a child of Abraham, he understands that Jesus' economic jubilee ethics require him to make amends for the harm he caused. And Brother Zach isn't just paying back what was taken. He's giving back four times that. This means that he is not only paying a debt owed, he is pursuing their long-term flourishing and thriving. Reparations in God's economy goes above and beyond the official debt owed. Seems like white American Christians whose lives are literally built upon the stolen labor and lives of black people and the stolen land and genocide of indigenous people have great moral inspiration to draw from in Zacchaeus's story. First, it is worth noting that this isn't a diluted American evangelical salvation that Jesus proclaims when he says, Salvation has come to your, this house. It is God's full liberation from everything that keeps us captive. It is not just some ticket to heaven in the afterlife, though I do believe it includes participating in Christ's resurrection where death no longer has the last word. But so much more, it is God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It is freedom from the death-dealing forces of this world. It is release from economic burdens and poverty, from sickness and disease, from stigmatization and alienation. It is the end of injustice and oppression. And it is not only deliverance from some things, but also deliverance into God's dream for us, for all creation. And the secret that Brother Zach knows, and wants everyone else to know as well, is that his liberation was bound up in the liberation of those whom he oppressed and exploited. Jesus announced his liberation as Brother Zach sought after the liberation of the poor and the people he harmed and exploited. Those two things were always inseparable. That's why charity would not have been enough for brothers that to be set free. Charity can be done out of a spirit of paternalism where one might feel like they have everything to give to help poor needy people. Redistributive justice and reparations are done when you realize that you yourself are in need of liberation, when you realize that you have created distance between you and your neighbor and you and God and you and the rest of creation. You must know that you also are not experiencing the fullness of humanity, which is diminished by persisting in a way of life that does not join in solidarity with the least, last, and little ones that Jesus prioritized in his own ministry. This is actually really good news for everyone, inviting us all to examine the trees that separate us from God's dream and alienate us from our neighbors and seeking our mutual liberation. There will, of course, be some that see Jesus' invitation to come down from the trees as a threat to their way of life, rather than a gift of God's deliverance. Like the rich young ruler, some may perceive this invitation as bad news, but God's deliverance knows no limits, and there is always the opportunity for repentance. And so we've got this moment to have our own come-to-Jesus moments, right? Where Jesus comes to town and comes to us, and we can realize that our way of life is not inevitable, that there is liberation available to each and every one of us, um, that we can be set free, but our liberation is truly bound up in the liberation of others. It's always been inseparable from one another. So brothers and sisters, let us heed the call, each and every one of us, to come down from our trees, embracing the power of God's deliverance in our lives and communities. Today, let us respond to Jesus's invitation so that we may be agents of justice, love, and repair in our world. God bless. (laughs)